Stop it. Stop what? You're talking about me and Morse code. But you know what? Joke's on you, because I know Morse That is a disgusting ass. And it's unfortunate that we had that on our air live. That is disgusting. Hey, it's Tony Maz of 98.5 The Sports Hub, and you are listening to the Morse Code Podcast. Yo, good morning, America. Good morning, to Erica. Who gave me good? Well, watch it. Good morning, America. Okay, episode 136. Um, so Pete Priap and Morse, the Morse Code Podcast. Uh, we're joined today by Paul Perillo, editor, patriots.com, uh, aka sunshine.com. <laughs> How are we doing, Paul? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Good. Catch the game? <laughs> you know about that which, which game are we talking about <laughs> yeah yeah of course sorry uh let me, let me clear. Yeah, it was uh it was, it was revolution quite a week, uh, actually yeah. a couple of weeks but um yeah you know I, I thought you know the sunday night i thought uh turned out to be quite an event you know it, it yeah. was uh I, I kind of felt the whole way going through it was more an event than than a big game but it turned out to be both uh, you know it was a terrific yeah. terrific theater uh you know obviously everything you want to to two teams going at it. I thought it was pretty evenly played and, and it yep. came right down to the, the wire. So you can't really ask for more than that. Were, were you at Gillette? Yeah. All day? yeah, we, yeah. We were there. Nice. A couple of uh, funny non-game things. I don't know if you, uh, well, actually you were at the game, so you wouldn't have noticed, but uh, the whole Steve Belichick phenomenon. I don't know if you saw that on the internet today. Totally bizarre. No, we saw it live. Like when they kept showing it on, on the TV, it's just <laughs> oh, yeah. really, really strange and strange. <laughs> I don't know if he was like doing his John Gruden uh, impersonation, yeah. <laughs> trying, to, trying to do different things, but that was that was bizarre. When uh, when Josie's not working and and Zoe can't get the crowd going, I think you just you throw Steve Belichick up there and tell him act naturally. Just, yeah, just be yourself. Well, it's weird because like every it was like every time they cut to him, like something yeah, he was the, doing. The something mullet game weird. is strong too. That's like that's the default, but like just like every time, and eventually, I, I think I said to my wife something. I was like, dude, like they are. They're not doing him any favors. Like every time they cut to this guy, like he's no. going to be in hell all night and all morning if he, if he opens up Twitter or anything like that. But, uh, but, but, but let me start here. So I, and I, 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 I understand you're probably gonna be talking about this stuff for, for quite a while. You probably have been all day already, but what were kind of some of your, I guess, key takeaways from the game, whether, whether it's on the Brady side, the, the, the Mac Jones side, the Patriot side, what, what were some good things you saw and some, maybe some troubling things you saw? Well, you know, to me, the the thing I found most interesting, really, off the top of the game, didn't have a lot to do with the Patriots. It, it was more about Tom Brady and just how he looked. I, I felt yeah. like heading in, there was a chance that he would be a little overhyped, and I sort of went back and I and I thought of 2009, uh, his first game back after tearing his ACL in, in 08. I, I remember that was the season that that Coach Belichick was was followed by NFL films. And so we got to see some of the behind the scenes stuff that, that year. And that first night, that Monday night game against Buffalo, he was all jacked up and everything early in the game was high. Um, and, you know, and Belichick even had him on the side and, and said, you know, all right, you gotta, you gotta settle it down now. And he was all wound up. He was like, what do you mean? You know, you know, that the throw was right, right to it was right in his hands. And, and then he was like the one to fog is, oh, 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 that one, uh, you know, so 
I, I kind of thought there was a chance that we might see that Tom Brady, and we did. Um, mm. And frankly, I thought we saw that Tom Brady for a long time, a lot, lot longer than you did that night. Um, he was really, I thought, affected by the environment, not necessarily, you know, the pressure of the game. I, I just think that he really got wound up in an effort to play so well against Belichick. And I thought he was high throughout the entire first half. Um, and then he settled down a little bit at times in the second half. The last couple of drives, I, I thought he looked a little bit more like himself. But overall, I, I, I didn't think it was a, a, a vintage Brady performance. That, to me, really stuck out, that he didn't really play his best game. Yeah. I, I, and I, I think I think this kind of notion has been around Tampa for a while this year, I've noticed. You could say New England, too. A lot of drops but just a lot of like what seemed like those cliche like Brady and his wide receiver miscommunications too like I think Evans had a couple Godwin I thought that throw to Brown at the end was one of the best throws I've ever seen that that one that would have won the game yeah yeah the last one yeah when you watch that from the angle from behind the end zone that was that was a perfect textbook Tom Brady like two minute drive throw um but yeah he he did seem a little off yesterday I think that's what I was Sophie and I were talking to that's what I was looking I think after like Wednesday or Thursday at that, and I'm sure you'd agree at that point, like I was just ready to watch the, the 60 minutes of football. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like the game, like I, I almost, I couldn't believe it when I saw, I think ESPN said ESPN was at like 9am or so. it was like college game day, pretty much. It like, it was let's say exactly. you know, for an eight fifteen game. I think Felger and Maz were doing something there too. Right. Didn't they yeah, they were, they were here. Uh, thankfully I didn't get stuck seeing them, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, sure. it, it was, it was a, a college game day kind of atmosphere. And, yeah. you know, we had some, some different events that we were doing, uh, you know, organizationally around, I, you know, I actually talked to Rodney Harrison sort of in the middle of the day around four o'clock for something that we included in our pregame show on Patriots.com. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was not your typical regular season game it was oh yeah almost like a super bowl atmosphere around the game and it took the better part of the whole first half before that sort of settled down wore off and you yep. got down and said hey there's a pretty good game going here it's seven six mm-hmm. go anyway um you know from the takeaways from the patriot side would be you know sort of that old school you know step up of of the the defense to to hold that offense in check um you know for as long as they did i thought was impressive now you mentioned some of the things that were, you know, at work. I don't think it was just about what Bill Belichick and his defense did. I think some of that was what Tom Brady didn't do and his receivers mm-hmm. couldn't do. I thought they had, I thought Mike Evans had a bad drop early in the game that probably would have been a touchdown drive instead of a field goal drive early on. But yep. Cameron Braid had a bad drop yep. in the second half on a potentially big play. They get a penalty that wipes out a bomb to Antonio Brown. So yep. there were some yep. things that the Bucks did to help help out along the way. But the big takeaway for me is if you had told me before the game, the Patriots were going to keep them in check for as long as they did, mm-hmm. I would have thought exactly what happened. They will have every opportunity to win the game. And, and they did. Ultimately, it came down to the last play. Yeah. Good. So, I, yeah, I got a question for you, Paul. I didn't have this written down, but um, obviously now, you know, it's been – Oh, a uh, season and a half, whatever you want to call it, of us being without Brady. If you could go back in time, did you think, because I did a little bit, did you think that he was falling off in that final season? Just because we didn't see anything to suggest otherwise, because that final season was not good between him and the young players and whatever, Sanu for a little bit and uh, Antonio Brown for one game. Yeah, I, I did. You know, frankly, I thought there was a, 
three or four year gradual decline. It wasn't yeah. fall off the cliff, you know, to use the, the, yeah. the Kellerman term that everybody <laughs> likes to yeah. pick on. Um, but it, I, I thought that um, even in 18, 17, 18, now the Super Bowl in 17, obviously he's, he's out of his mind throwing for 500 plus yards. But, you know, I didn't think that was a great season. It was a, it was a good season for Brady, but I thought small indications that, you know, completion percentage dropped a little bit. I thought he was a little bit less willing there were subtle things. There were a little less willing to stand in the pocket and take the hit and deliver the ball the way he had. Um, you mentioned, uh, Sophie, that the you know, unwillingness maybe to work with the younger players uh, as much as maybe he did earlier, not showing up to OTAs. And then it, I think it really culminated in, in 19 where there ain't no, we all kind of knew there were eight, no kind of a paper eight. No, they hadn't mm -hmm. played anybody. Um, they, they were playing bad teams and, and bad teams without their starters at times. Mm -hmm. And they really beat up on them. Their defense was dominant, causing a lot of turnovers. And I think, Bella, I, I think Brady knew that. I think Brady recognized that we're not doing a lot of this with offense and this isn't Super Bowl offense. And, you know, I think he made the comment, ironically enough, on Sunday Night Football before that Baltimore game that year to Al Michaels that I'm the most miserable 8-0 quarterback in football yeah. history. And you know, ultimately it spiraled from there. They went four and four, the last four of uh, the last eight, they lose the playoff game and they really haven't recovered since the, the, the team itself has has struggled since then. But I, I do think there was a, a decline in Brady, yeah. however, you know, minor you want to, you want to call it. And then I, I did, I was one of the people who wondered, can he get back up to that level? And he did, you know, down the stretch and into the playoffs last year, he certainly was vintage Brady. That, that summer, um, you know, when he put his house up for sale right after, I think that was right after the final contract negotiations, right? Where he had kind of reworked his contract. Do I have that timeline right? Yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, there was a lot of different uh, timetables in, in the stories. But yeah, I think that sounds about right. The, the, the telltale one for me was, I, I think, when we were in Detroit um, for... I think it was Detroit. It might've been Nashville. Those two, two trips they made in that summer when he basically, he said, you know, go ask Mr. Kraft, uh, you know, in a, mm. uh, in a question about his contract and why he was yeah. uh, not no longer under contract or, or a pending free agent. And I, I think he was telling you right there. That's, that's kind of the day that I said, he ain't coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, it, it was tough because that's such like just a strange concept to, like verbalize like we have this guy in house and he's you know he's a uh, he's going into next summer technically unemployed at this time with the company to me that was the at that point i was like if nothing gets done mid-season i i just didn't say like what's the difference like if they want to sign him why wouldn't they just do it now so i, I was and, and i do think that you make a good point dan i, I think yeah. it was mutual oh for sure yeah. yeah for sure it was exactly how they talked to phil jackson uh, in that final year of the Bulls thing, uh, yeah, pretty the last much. Dance, where Which it was is like just as crazy to verbalize and like say yeah. out loud. It's like what regardless what about? happens this year, this is your final year. I don't care if you go eighty-two and up. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah, weird. It, 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 it's an interesting correlation that you made, and I, I don't think I ever really thought of it that way. But in watching that that last dance, that there was yeah. a lot of, and I did think of it in terms of the Patriots, but sure. I never really thought of it in terms of Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan, with you know, in, in yeah. That. yeah that kind of way, but that's a good, good, uh, com good comparison. Yeah. We, we've, <laughs> we talk a lot about that season. You said when they started out eight, no, I remember specific, I forget if they won or lost this game. Maybe you do, but there's one game where I was watching, it was the, 
Dallas game at home. Remember like it was like rainy. It was a shitty night. I think it was like a four 30 game or something. And I was just like, dude, I was like, dude, these guys can't score. Like they're, they're not going <laughs> to score touchdowns. Yeah, Dak Prescott was miserable that day in the weather. He clearly oh my was God. not used to playing in that weather. And that's a game that vintage <laughs> Patriots would have won something oh, yeah. along the lines of 38 to nine. Yep. And they won 13 to nine. Yeah. Like third and sevens, two and 11s. I was like, dude, that this is, this is a turning point. And I think how they, you said they finished four and four, right? Yep. Um, that sounds about right. And then they sweeped by KC and then, and then won the title. But um, no, I was no, going to no. ask you, not, oh, wait, we talking about, oh, no, 18. my bad. My bad. That's year before 18. the, the okay. year they yeah. lost the Titans. Yeah. 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 The last year. Um, but, but actually to your point earlier, Paul, I, I agree. I think you could start to see it that year too, like towards the end of that Super Bowl year. Yeah, the 18 year, and and we might, you know, I don't have it in front of me. You might be right. The Dallas game that we're talking about might have actually been down the stretch of the Super Bowl year. No, no, it definitely wasn't. No, okay, it it wasn't. Okay, it was the 19 year. Yeah, Yeah, I I actually kind of felt very similar going down the stretch of the 18 season, Uh which is why I didn't dismiss the possibility that they could get hot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you remember they they lost some in in 2018. They had the back to they had the miracle loss in Miami, yeah. and they followed that up by going to Pittsburgh and really getting thoroughly outplayed in a game that was a lot closer on the scoreboard than it was on the field. Mm-hmm. And you were like, this team just doesn't have it. What are they going to do? They finished up with a couple of cupcake wins in the division as they they always do, and and then they got hot in the po- in the postseason. That that offense uh, in the Chargers in, in Chiefs game. Um, the offense was unbelievable in those yeah. two games. I know a lot of people talk about the running game, but Brady threw for 350 plus in both of those games and they scored a ton of points. Yeah. And that's how you win in the postseason. You got to score points. Yeah. Good call. Um, transitioning back to current year, th- this was a thought we wanted to ask you about. So even before last night, I think we'd all agree Mac Jones played well last night. Even before last night, I we've said I think Mac Jones has been competent, like at a minimum. I think he he looks like an NFL quarterback. Uh, and then you throw in last night where I think you looked very good. How much, as far as like the play call and again, before last night, being a little more conservative, do you put a lot of that on, on, on Josh, on Mac? Do you think there's, there's limitations that from a play calling standpoint that they're not comfortable with, or even on top of that, do you see that maybe opening up going forward based on how he took, how he handled last night? Yeah, I do think that they will eventually um, give him more and more, but there, there are a few things and it sounds like you guys are on the same page as me. I, I keep at the end of these games, we do a post game show on patriots.com just like everybody else does. And uh, we get a lot of, well, we have our quarterback. Well, you know, I'm disappointed with the loss, but they have their quarterback for the next, uh, you know, 10, 12 years. And, and I've been sort of a, of the mindset that like, Okay, if you if you say it, I guess it must be true. But I, I'd like my quarterback for the next decade to be able to score more than 17 points in a game. And until I, I see that, I'm not going to assume that I have it. Mm-hmm. I like what I've seen from Mac Jones. I, I think there are some intangibles there that, that can't be taught that he has. Yep. I think he has some poise. I think he has some, some aptitude for the position. I think he gets rid of the ball. Um, pretty quickly and generally, generally speaking, pretty accurately. Um, but there are also some physical limitations that I think are hard to get around. Mm-hmm. And we've seen those as well. So like last night, let's, let's, let's talk about it. it. Sounds like you guys think he played really well last night. I would agree. I think that was the best of his four games. The best of his four games involved 17 points, mm-hmm. four sacks mm-hmm. and a pick. Yeah. And what should have been another pick to take a, a field goal off the board at the end of the game, he threw the ball right to Devin White. 
Yeah. Good call. Um, you know, so instead of getting that go ahead field goal at that time, you would have been a crushing loss throwing a pick to Devin White to sort of close it out. So sure, good point. There's still a lot that I need to see from Mac Jones. Again, I'm very encouraged by what I have seen. I'm yep. just not, I guess, where a lot of my colleagues are. And well, he's the least of our worries. No, he's right in the middle of the list of my worries. Now, the offensive sure. line is far and away the biggest issue with the offense right now, but I still would like to see Mac Jones make some more plays. So I feel better about the offense going forward to your point. So Josh McDaniels is going to feel better about a lot him allowing, you know, at the fourth and three, we could talk about the, this entire time, you know, like yeah. should they have gone for it? And I do wonder if the near pick to Devin white followed by a pass getting bat batted down on third and three and a two for nine performance on third down in general mm. told Belichick, I'm going to take my one shot to take the lead right now. Yeah. Because if he doesn't convert this fourth down, I don't That's get right. any shot. Right. To, to take the lead. Now I would have gone for it. I think that was crazy kicking the field goal. Mm -hmm. If for no other reason, even if he makes it, I'm giving Tom Brady 55 seconds and two timeouts. And I know how that ends. Cause I saw that for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good point. The, the other thought I thought last night, he looked like he was having fun last night too. Mac, like the game just looked different last night. He was clicking. They're running a little no huddle. It just looked more of like a Patriots offense, you know, like, I don't yeah. know if it was maybe the, the hype for the Brady game and whatnot, but uh, I'm with you, man. That, that's a really good point. And going back, I know like, you know, when you go on Felger and Maz and those guys all week talk that is as, as negative of guys like that can be. Um, that does sound like one of the common things they all agree on. Like we're good at quarterback. Let's bitch about everything. Well, else. I, I'm I think already prepared really good point. for Wednesday. Yeah. I'm already prepared <laughs> to argue with them good. on Wednesday. Perfect. And, and I, and I hate it because of the position that I'm in where I work. Yeah. I don't want to be, you know, having any significant arguments with people saying, no, Mac Jones isn't the guy. Mm -hmm. I, I think he is the guy, but I'm not willing to say that we're set at quarterback. I mean, yeah. is, is he the guy or is he Andy Dalton or oh Kirk Cousins? Oh, God. Oh, you know, geez. maybe Kirk Cousins is a little better, you know, than, yeah. than Andy Dalton. I, I think he is a competent NFL quarterback. But is he going to be that? plus the guy who can get it can get it done with the game on the line and, and lift others around him. I haven't seen that yet. Now it's four games, right? You know, uh, but I, I do look at Tom Brady back in 2001 when he was getting his feet wet, he found a way to make some of these plays at the end of games to, to, to win them. So unfair to compare anybody to Brady, but unfortunately a lot of Mac Jones apologists have compared him to Brady. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's one of the reasons why I think it's unfair. But again, my overall Mac Jones take is that I'm very encouraged, probably just not as encouraged as, as some of my colleagues have been. I think that's fair. R real quick, what, before you go, so what, what were your thoughts preseason? Like what between Mac, Cam, and a free agent, what were you oh, hoping for? <laughs> between him and Cam, <laughs> yeah. I wanted no part of Cam. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was very happy with the way training camp unfolded. I thought he outplayed him the entirety of the summer. I thought yeah. he outplayed him in a spring when we watched OTAs. He just mm -hmm. looked better at everything. And I was really happy with that Belichick decided to, to go that direction. And I'll tell you one thing, it's made the first four games a lot more enjoyable to watch, knowing oh, God, that yeah. you have someone who, you know, God forbid we get a holding call and it's third and 11 and we don't have to run a draw <laughs> like we did right. for the entirety of the 2020 season. So yep. it, it's been enjoyable to watch the kid play uh, as opposed to watching Cam. I thought it was painful. It's a nice way to put it. Yeah, I would agree. Legitimately been over three seasons where 
we haven't felt uh, offensively competent. Because like you said, the 18 season, the, like, yeah, we won the Super Bowl, but wasn't great from that st- standpoint. Then the final year, Brady, and then last year. So it was weird last night seeing two passing touchdowns. I mean, they weren't bombs or that's, anything. That was odd. It was still kind of <laughs> surreal in a weird that's way. Different, yeah. Um, it, what I was going to ask, Paul, is do you think last night's game, because you were talking about, obviously, you know, you work for the Patriots. Um, do you think last night's game helped quiet a lot of the potential negativity that could have come from the game? Like, I feel like it could have been a 10 and it came out like a four because Mac played fairly well. Brady had some surprisingly positive and like Patriot esque things to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Belichick meeting with him afterwards. Yeah. And I would add the, I would throw the defense in too, which you, you feel like you, you want to lean on that defense and we haven't really seen that so far. And then you got a, a, a glimpse of it last night. So yeah, I think there's a lot of positives to take out of the game. And I agree with you heading into it. I thought there was a, a pretty good chance that it was going to be one of those that's really going to d- deal a blow. I, I think there's a chance. I don't know. I'm not a big moral victory guy, yeah. but I do believe in sort of the, you know, a, the confidence building loss. And I think mm-hmm. we've seen it here periodically in the past and the famous one when they lost the Rams and one in the regular season, uh, you know, flip side, we start work against the Patriots in 07 when the giants lost in the regular season finale, the giants used that yeah. as sort of a barometer to say, Hey, we can play with these guys. If we see them again, I think the Patriots probably took a lot out of that game last night mentally, mm-hmm. and we'll see if they can build off of it. Uh, I, I don't know how good they are, but we'll see if they can build up yeah that's a good point i actually i i said that last night after the game i i I tweeted i was like look i i'm not saying i think patriots gonna the super bowl but there were some vibes like that that rams game from 2001 going huge underdogs greatest show on turf whatever and i don't remember what the actual outcome it was just a competitive game more or less right was it similar to last night yeah it was 24 17 uh the rams ended up uh, having the ball at the end of the game and they sort of Um, just kept grinding the clock out. They moved all the way down the field and, and ended up kneeling on the ball to, to yeah. close it out. But it was a good, hard-fought game. And I think a yeah. lot of the Rams afterwards said it was as physical a game as they had played. Oh, okay, that's right. You know, and it was one of those deals. Um, I, and I do think in talking to some of the guys, I remember Damian Woody was one talking to after that game. Um, there were a couple of losses like that that season mm-hmm. where they felt like, you know, whereas in the past we would have been happy to play well against a good team. And now they had progressed to the point where they would, they were bummed out that they lost an opportunity to beat a good team and they knew they were now a good team. So I think it can sort of, you walk that line and then you figure out where you, you fit in. And I think that's what the the 2001 team built off that they didn't lose again. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And good point on the giants too. (laughs) That's literally the same exact scenario. Just we Mm -hmm. were on the other end of it. Um, couple, couple quick ones before we let you go. We talked about Felger and Maz earlier. I know you're there weekly during the season. Um, they've been our, on our show a few times, a lot of those 98.5 guys. What are some of your, I don't even know how I want to phrase this, either like best memories or any, any of your favorite like heated arguments that you can remember that you got in with those clowns over there? Yeah, it's, I mean, there's, there's probably a lot. I mean, the <laughs> three of us, and I don't know Jim as well, although I've gotten uh-huh. to know him really well because he ended up becoming our uh, pre and post game host for, for a short right. time on pages.com. But with, yeah. with Michael and Tony, 
the three of us worked together about 30 years ago uh, in, the, mm. in the Herald Sports Department when we were all coming out of college. And uh, I knew Michael, but Mike and I both went to, to BU. Mm. And we knew each, we've known each other for a long time. So we have a very good relationship. And there's a, a comfort level that comes with that. So I know that I can sort of bust their balls. They know they can bust mine obviously mm. with the, the theme music and, and everything, it's all in good fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, one, I mean, I, I've had a lot of arguments with them because especially with, with Mike, because there's a way he has of not really being able to see anything any other way other than his. Mm. Um, so he, he sort of tends when you, when you um, oppose his point of view, you can get into an argument. The most recent one that I can think of was just last year when he refused to accept math as a reason why the Patriots weren't going to make the playoffs because he kept thinking of the Patriots as the Patriots mm -hmm. that we came to know. And he just kept saying they will run the table and, you know, teams like Cleveland will fold because they're yeah. never there. And I was like, you know, teams like Buffalo will fold because they were never there. And I was like, do you, do you watch the players that play for these teams and then watch the Patriots every week and the players that were playing for the Patriots Mm -hmm. and think there's any comparison that, you know, and you guys remember the, the phrase was the path. There's a path. There's a path to the playoffs. And I kept saying, no, there's, there's not. And I'm, I'm coming from Patriots.com and I'm going on a radio station telling them there's no way the Patriots can make the playoffs with this roster. Yeah. And, and there were too many teams in front of them at the time. I think they were like 10th in the conference mm -hmm. and they need, four different teams to lose like three of their last five games. And they're trying to tell me there's a path. And I just, no matter how many times I would say, listen, <laughs> Cleveland's not going to lose to everybody. Baltimore is not going to lose to everybody. Buffalo's already basically got this division clinched. Even if they lose to the Patriots on that Monday night game. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I yeah. couldn't convince them. And it wasn't until they got their doors blown off in that Monday night game that they finally <laughs> said, you are right. Yeah. Yep. I, I hate to say, it. I'm trying to think last year. I, again, he's a Patriots just fan. I think it was after the Baltimore win, uh, which I don't, I still to this day don't know how it happened, but I think I got trapped too. Hey, all that they only need to go on like a five game winning streak and that's it. I think it was the Arizona game that I said, well, oh, I think that, that made, I think that made him five. I think there was six and six at that time. Yeah. You know, that, that, uh, that Arizona game, that was crazy. They had 17 different things fall their way in mm -hmm. the last five minutes. Um, and then they win that game and everybody got all excited. And then they went to Houston and lost to a terrible Texans team. And that yeah. was it. You yep. know, that would, that, you know, I, I think that was it. And what are you that wasn't, do? that just wasn't a very good team last year that yeah. the roster was completely stripped down to bare bones and they have, mm -hmm. they have to rebuild. That's why I'm not, you know, playoffs are bust right now because I still think that there's a lot of rebuilding to be done and it's hard to do it with one off season of free agents like they've, they've sort of tried to do it right now. That That's what's tough too, because as great as whatever you want to call it, a moral victory, whatever from last night, like one and going back to numbers, one and three is one and three. Like that stinks. That That's never a good place to be. I know they might have some, I don't even know what you consider a cake game anymore. I think Houston and the Jets are in the near future. I don't, I don't know. Jets look decent yesterday. Jets so, look I mean, like they're getting better anyway. And they I gave agree. you all you could handle the first time. Yeah. You know, if the quarterback so. didn't hand you the ball four times, that would have been a tractor pull. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. But I think I think going back to your Felger and Matt story, I mean, you started out by saying you're talking math with, with Felger. 
And that, you know how that always goes. Can't Numbers is not their strong suit. Can't yeah. do it. Were you on last, I don't know if this was when you were on, when, I don't know if you saw this, so when he was doing like the teen argument, like what's considered a teen. Yeah. Like, oh, I, saw that. I, was 11 the, and 12. I was on the next day and I was, was making fun of him about that too. <laughs> that was a good one. I thought like Murray was going to lose it in the, whatever, in like the, the side studio. But uh, but go ahead, Soap. I know you had the, another one before we let him go. The the Ravens game from last year, this is one of my question, but the Ravens game from last year was another one where it was like, ah, uh, this is a, whatever's the opposite of a moral victory. That was like an immoral Win. loss. Because <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like, we shouldn't have won that game. The and, false hope game? Yeah, false hope. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was when Lamar Jackson game. came out and said, uh, uh, it's kind of weird how the rain comes out a little heavier when we get the ball. <laughs> Mm. Which some people are saying that that happened to Mac Jones last night when <laughs> when the Pats got the ball on the final well, that, drive. That, that so. was a weird night last night. That it was periodically mm. just pouring at. Yeah, that was bad. It just, it, it, but that was throughout the game. But yeah, there's no doubt at the end of that game when Buffalo Baltimore got the ball back, it was as hard as I saw it rain. All it was like sideways, like tsunami type, rain. <laughs> <laughs> like out of nowhere. Um, a little, a little out, outside the box. Start one, bench one, cut one. Nikhil Harry, Aaron Dobbins, Chad Ochocinco in their times with Patriots, the Patriots. Chad Ochocinco. Yeah. Okay. So, so prime to Ochocinco. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a great candidate to, to, to start one. Yeah, I wouldn't start um, any of them. But... <laughs> I, I would probably start Ochocinco, but I wouldn't feel great about it. Sure. Um, and then I would have probably Nikhil Harry just to give him a shot. I'd keep him and then I'd, I'd cut Aaron Dobson. I, Aaron Dobson, I think Aaron Dobson and Nikhil Harry are very similar in that when I watched their college tape, I didn't see either one of them get open all that often. Hmm. But I think Nikhil Harry is bigger and more physically gifted than Aaron Dobson was. So I would, I would keep him. But I don't have a lot of faith in, in the Nikhil Harry experiment. I'm hoping that maybe yeah. he catches another pass or two next week. I'd be sick. And they can try. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, I mean, I, think be, that's the, I, I mean, I, I really do think that's the long play is yeah. try to get him back, show everybody that he's healthy. And before he, you know, pulls a hamstring again or something, get rid of him. Do you, do you think there's any, any with the Patriots, another team, like any, any hope for Nikhil Harry being a player? He, he, he doesn't seem like a serviceable player to me. Yeah, the only, football the only player inside no, that body? I, I agree with you. <laughs> the only thing I could see for him is perhaps maybe the system is just not right for him. It's maybe yeah. too complicated and he has to think too much, but I just don't see the, the athleticism to get open. Right. He, I mean, he looks the part. I mean, the, the guy is sure. like, like Adonis. I mean, but mm-hmm. he, I, he doesn't separate, he doesn't separate on the practice field. Um, every catch that he makes is difficult. It's, it's contested. And I just don't think 50, 50 balls are no way for a wide receiver to go through life when every play is a 50, 50 ball. Um, yeah. So that, that's my Nikhil. I mean, then that's what my, my view of him has been since I saw him step foot on the practice field the first time as a first round pick as a rookie. What were your thoughts at, uh, on draft night? Like, did, did you like the pick going into I did. it? Knowing some I did. Of the guys I was behind wrong. Him? Um, yeah. I was wrong. I, I, okay. I, I love, first of all, I love the idea of it to, to take a, Oh, I love the know, idea big, of him a being a great physical player wide receiver yeah. in the first round. I loved it. Same. But they didn't get the right one. It, I think it just, it's got it there's an aspect of like salt in the wound too. When you just see the guys taken behind him, like Debo yeah. and DK and, and AJ Brown. And for and a couple of years too, <laughs> you look at that. There was a couple of the, the Patriots part of their problem with the drafting that they've had recently. And hopefully the last couple of classes look like there's a little bit more promise to them. Uh-huh. 
they needed wide receivers and they passed one year with an incredibly deep class. Then they took one the next year and took the wrong one in another incredibly deep class. I think that's the, you know, it's, you know, Terry McLaurin and DK Metcalf, as you said, Debo Samuel, there's a lot of guys that were taken after Nikhil Harry that have been a lot better. AJ Brown, you know, there's a lot of players that have come out and they just didn't get the right one. I thought the, uh, I thought the number change was going to rejuvenate him. (laughs) I don't didn't like what you saw last night. Did he have a catch last night? No. Nope. Didn't he, he have had a penalty? One catch. He, he had one it? catch and he drew a penalty, even though it wasn't a penalty. Sounds about right. Yeah. Well, I, real quick, that's the other thing I I, I was going to mention when you're talking about Mac Jones and kind of, you know, how he played, but the sacks and the picks and stuff. He had a lot of calls. They had a lot of calls. Oh, yeah. They don't score. Their first, their first touchdown had three defensive penalties. Oh, two boy. Of them, two of them were really ticky-tack. I, I would agree with that. That's the one thing that stood out to me. Uh, last question for me. So you, you've been working with the Patriots in the NFL for quite some time now. I, I assume you get you do, you do some travel to other stadiums. What, what are some of the stadiums you've, you've enjoyed visiting and maybe someone's on the bucket list that you haven't had a chance to see? Yeah, some of the new ones I haven't seen. but um, for, I oh, think Like the one in thir- LA? That one yeah, in LA I, looks freaking nuts. I think the, it was 13 seasons, 13 or 14 seasons I traveled to every game. Nice. Um, but yeah, uh, SoFi, which we'll see tonight in the Monday night football game. Uh, I, I haven't oh, yeah. seen that San Francisco's new place. I haven't been to Dallas's new place. I haven't been to, um, that might be it. I think I might've yeah. seen all the rest. Um, I really like some of the indoor ones, uh, in yeah. general, I don't love indoor football, but, um, Houston's, you know, I, and I, I don't know what the names of them are anymore, but it was yeah. Reliant stadium for a long time. I don't know. Ford yep. Field in Detroit. Loved those two venues. Um, hmm. The the Atlanta Super Bowl. You know that that that's an interesting dome too. That was that was kind of cool. Um, Minnesota's dome. We had. Yep. I think that was the Philadelphia one. Yep. Um, so I, I've I've seen most of them in terms of outs. I, I think uh, Denver was a nice one in Vesco Field. Uh, I, again, I don't know what it's called now. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was kind of a a cool place to watch a game too. Um, you know, most of the, they, they all kind of popped up around the same time, you know, Gillette and Heinz Field and Lincoln, yeah. you know, in Philadelphia, um, in Vesco, they're probably all within five years of each other when they opened five, 10 years. Yeah. And for the most part, they, they were, they were all pretty nice, but I, I, I kind of liked the, the indoor ones. Hmm. Last one for me, Paul, and we'll let you go. Um, funniest interaction with Bill Belichick. Hmm. um well there's 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 a couple and sometimes they can go on either side real quick i wrote something that he didn't really like um back in like 2003 ish something about um the conditioning run and he kind of you know didn't like the way i characterized something and wait the hill you're talking about the hill no this was even before (laughs) that they had when, when guys open up training camp on PUP and you don't know about an injury, you know, or NFI and you don't know mm-hmm. about an injury, sometimes it can be the conditioning run. Um, and he wouldn't, he told us some players had injuries. So that kind of led you to believe that if he didn't tell you someone had an injury, they must've failed the conditioning run. So I wrote all of this, mm-hmm. the details of it aren't all that important, but he didn't like it. Cause he, like I insinuated that he didn't care about his players and um, he didn't, he didn't like that at all. And sure enough, you know, he had let me know uh, and via email, uh, his assistant let me know that he, he didn't think this was fair and blah, 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 blah. 
Absolutely. And the, I, I had come in that morning. It was a training camp. It was during camp. And I saw my email and I was like, oh, geez. This, and this is really the first time that I had encountered this. Yeah. So I leave my office. I walk down to go to the concourse because I had to walk up to go to the elevator to go up to the press box where the, where the press conference was to start training camp that day. Um, and sure enough, I get downstairs and I turn the corner and who's there? Bill Belichick. And we had the quietest, most awkward walk through the entire length of the stadium in the concourse until we got into the elevator. And then he turned to me and told me he thought my story was total shit. <laughs> and then he repeated it, total shit. Yeah. And he told me that he didn't. And I said, well, I, I mean, I'd like to explain what I wrote. He goes, I think you had all, to, all, all, all you needed to say, you said in your story, which was, again, total shit. Yeah. Um, and I was Thanks, like, Bill. okay, good talk. Good, <laughs> good talk. So, Jeez. and that was kind of it. And he really hasn't been overly uh, talkative to me since. That was a long time ago. And that's what it sounds like. Like you do one it, thing, whether it's 20 years ago, five years ago, and that's it. Zero you get one chance. Jeez, and, and he's the arbiter. He's the only one who decides whether or not it's something that violated what he thought was right. <laughs> yep. So now yep. I will say this incredibly consistent, incredibly fair. He treats everybody mm -hmm. the same. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say he treats everybody like shit, but yeah. he treats everybody the same for the mm -hmm. most part. Ask Tom Brady. Except for the <laughs> national guys. He has he has his favorites in the national. But the local guys, sure. he kind of, you know, Mike Reese is as, as professional as they come. Mm -hmm. And I've seen him be short, short and curt with Mike, just like he was with me that day. So I, I think he's pretty consistent in that regard. Um, but the, the funny follow up with that is so I, I probably go 10 years without really having any kind of like sub substantive talk with him mm -hmm. in the in the in the interim. And we were doing, you know, I, I'm part of the pregame, uh, the preseason broadcast now. So when we do like the production meetings for those, I'm in there and I generally will ask a question just to get one in there. And I'm kind of quiet. Well, once. You know, he starts talking and again, he, he hasn't really given me the time of day in 10 plus years. And he starts talking about cornerback play and technique. And he goes, Paul, come over here. And he's like moving me around. He's like, so Paul goes up for the pass and he makes me go up like this. And I'm like trying to, and he's going in demonstrating the technique that he's teaching his corners, you know, not playing the ball, not looking, you know, for the ball, but playing the, you know, reading the receiver. And he's going through like, cornerback 101 it's like he's Ty law on me and, and mm. i'm trying to like and he's talking to me like i'm his best friend like so paul's gonna make this play here and paul's gonna do this and i'm like you haven't said the word paul in in like 10 years and now like in this production meeting in front of all these people it's like paul this paul that so like mm. just a different he's a different kind of guy he's a different different sort of guy and it, it's uh it's been great to watch how how fascinating it is to see a guy that that's at that level, like sure. at the very height of his profession to watch him and Tom for 20 years, the yep. two of the best that ever did it at, at what they do. It's been kind of cool to just be along for the ride. That's a weird story. That almost seems like Belichick, like mind games. Like he knows you're going to go home and be like, what the, like, what just happened? Oh, I went home and told my wife, I said, you never guess who, <laughs> who used me as a demonstration today. Yeah. She's like, is that, is that normal? I'm like, no, no, hell no. <laughs> yeah. You know, Paul, uh, take two steps to the left before you make the, the in cut. Like you usually do. Very, it's like a teacher, like calling <laughs> a kid up, like in the middle of like, class or something. Oh no. Very and weird. I remember it. Christian Fourier was actually in it. And he was the uh -huh. one that was asking the questions about, 
you know, the receiver stacking the, the, the yeah. defender and doing, he, he, you know, obviously Christian's a football player. So he knows right. absolutely everything that uh-huh. he's explaining. And he's using me as like the tackling dummy to show. Him. And it's just, mm. it was wait, bizarre. Wait, where did this conversation take place? Was this in a player's meeting or like where physically in the stadium did it take place? It was in a, it, like that, in the television studios that we have. Oh, in, okay. in the gotcha. And this was when Christian was retired. Christian was part of the broadcast. Yeah. Hmm. I would, uh, I would hate to be on the receiving end of just like subject line from uh, Bill Belichick at New England Patriots dot com. That's got to be subject. Got to be a pit in the total stomach. shit. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I got, I got a few. Read your latest column. Dot dot dot. My yeah. thoughts. Yeah. I'm gonna guess this one's not gonna end well. Yeah. Oh boy. Um. But all right. I mean, we'll, I, I know we kept you a little longer than we said, so I apologize about that. We'll, we'll let you get out of here. Before we do, where's the best, uh, best place for everyone to find you online, Paul, and keep up with your work? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we, the best place to follow us is right on Patriots.com. We do yep. um, a podcast Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays from 12 to 2 Eastern time called Patriots Unfiltered. Mm-hmm. And it's just a radio show, just like we're doing right now. It's just yeah. uh, four guys that you know sit around shooting the shit, and we talk about the Patriots and pretty much anything else that comes up that day. Nice. Um, and we have a lot of fun doing it. We have a pretty loyal fan base you know, around the world. Um, for the Patriots, we do pre and post game radio every game day, two hours before, two hours after. Um, and you know, there's a lot of different TV shows. We have Patriots Unfiltered TV mm-hmm. uh, that that airs on Channel 38 on my, my you know, whatever was that, my 38. Yeah. Um, and I think that's Friday nights all access Patriots flagship show. Uh, I'm a part of that with Mike Reese. I love doing that with Mike. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, actually, when Mike left. When Mike left the Patriots, he was my, he had my job and he left and I, I came and replaced him. Um, so we've had a really good relationship for a long time. And he's one of, one of my closest uh, colleagues, I would say, you know, but all the guys that you've had on the show, I would yeah. put in that category. Nice. You know, Mike, Mike Giardi and yeah, um, you mentioned Tony and Mike and all those guys, Jim Murray. I, you know, I have yeah. a lot of respect for a lot of those guys and, and enjoy working with them um, for a cool. long time. Well, good stuff, man. Again, appreciate your time. Uh, good insight on the game. Then you're on Felger and Maz Wednesday, you said? Wednesday is a sunshine. Yeah, hell of a week. Absolutely. Oh, boy. I didn't catch yeah, good, today, but. Good on you for putting up with, uh, you must be happy that yeah, no this game is behind you, kind of. Uh, I am. <laughs> I am. Point. And like I said, I was pleasantly surprised with the game living up to it. You know, yeah, I just sure. figured the game, I, I'm like everybody else. I picked 34 to 16. I didn't think it was going to be a competitive <laughs> game. That's pretty much what Dan and I predicted almost to the T. I was actually surprised how many people picked. If you watch the NBC broadcast, you know, they go round table and do their picks. I think there were three or four Patriots picks. I think it was, it was Harrison per usual, Mike Tirico, maybe, and a couple others picked Patriots. Yeah, I, I, I did catch that when I was walking up yeah. after we did our pregame show that, you know, the, the, all the yeah. picks were coming yeah. up. And I was like, oh, I see a lot of Patriots there. Everybody Same else had that, uh, that Vegas thing going on that uh, was yeah. getting a lot of attention late in the week. I guess they, they knew something. Yeah, maybe. They but, knew uh, the rest weren't on it, I guess. Yeah, right. But uh, <laughs> all right, Paul Perillo, Patriots.com. Appreciate your time, man. We'll uh we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. All right, guys.